My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This episode is brought to you by Bias Agency Australia. My major goal here is to create accessible and affordable housing. I think it should be a right for every human being. I think if we do it smart, we can reduce a whole lot of social issues that should not be happening. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Sharm and in this episode, we're back with the founder of The Room Exchange, Ludwina Dukovic. She'll dive into her goal of helping solve Australia's housing crisis including the details of her renting platform plus, she shares how her mentors have aided her journey and what she would tell herself from 10 years ago. In our last conversation with Dukovic, we explored her journey from country New South Wales to New York City. This journey involved a lot of bar work and celebrity encounters. Now, let's delve into how she transitioned into the business world and developed the necessary skills. We had a bit of an unusual uh, um, lifestyle because uh, we made the choice to homeschool our kids as well. So, and this is back before digital and, you know, tech, tech and everything. So, the main reason why I ended up um, becoming self-employed was so that I could work and be at home with my kids. And then so my kids ended up getting uh, quite involved in the production company that I had. And interestingly, my son became very interested in um, that sort of uh, career and and that's where, you know, he's heading now in his life. Um, and my daughter was... Uh, probably more like very tunnel vision and she'd sort of like want to study one thing each year, whether it was flowers or stones or cooking or makeup or whatever. And then we just had this interesting concept of this is what she was studying this year. And she's now very driven, very single focused. And, you know, she's 28 and has ridden a motorbike halfway around Australia on her own. She's a a life model, which is what she does. She models for artists. Um, She also does um, some work in the medical field, um, helping doctors with testing and, um, and then my son uh, works in um, film. He's a very traditionalist when it comes to film, like traditional film um, and shooting on film. And and so um, a lot of the learning that I did was also kind of integrated in their learning and, you know, and then that they would incorporate their education, what I was doing in business. So they learned a lot about business as well when they were younger um, and a lot of the soft skills um, and practical skills, you know, and learn how to drive in a manual car and learn how to, 
you know, travel and budget and, you know, all those kinds of things that I think are really important that um, the kids do learn. Um, but so my learning was really just our household was just about learning. It was a real always a learning environment. Um, so that just became part of... Even after being her own boss for nearly 30 years, Dukovic is still learning. And I recently, as in a few years ago, I did the Clifton Strengths Report and I highly recommend it for anyone. I was um, my corporate coach at the time that I, well, I still work with her and she um, recommended I do it. And one of my top five strengths um, is, is learner. And it was really interesting to to know that my number one strength is achievement. So I was just like, how can that be a strength? I, I was like, wow, that's why I feel so good every time I achieve something, even if it's small or big or whatever. It's just like, that really energizes, like really energizes me. Like I, if I had a big gong in this house, it would get whacked every time, you know. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, relate us obviously with people, uh, maximizer and communication, and they they are my five strengths. So it was actually, you know, really good to to see it in that way and to understand myself in that as long as I'm doing these things, I feel fulfilled in my life. And when I don't, then I go back to it and it's like, okay, what can I do today? Just achieve something, even if it's small, um, just so pet me up a bit. Um, what's something that I can learn and study? Is there a piece of art I can finish so I feel like I've completed and achieved something or, you know, things like that. So, yeah, learning's just always and still to this day is just always a part of our household, even now that my kids have moved on. But they're always learning something, you know, which I really love to see. That they, the actual, the nature of learning for them has become embedded in their life. It's not something that, okay, they learned when they went to school and then they stop learning after. They continually learning when making the decision to homeschool her children Dukovic made sure that she stuck to the curriculum while also incorporating some natural curiosity well there were a few assumptions that I'd make first one is that they may not always want to be homeschooled so if they did want to go back to school um, at some point then what would be most important that they were at least up to speed in terms of the the yearly, curric- the yearly curriculum that they would be put into. So maths was something that, you know, they had to, you know, every year be ma- made sure they were on top of that. But they'd get a, a year of maths done in three or four months for that year. So that didn't take much for them. The rest of it was incorporated a lot in uh, curiosity and just learning. So whatever they wanted through play. Children, adults as well, we learn through play, right? So when I... Yeah, so I'll, no, but just in, just play in normal life. Like uh, when I think about my art, like the amount of um, constant decision-making that happens every time I'm painting, every time I put a my brush onto the canvas, there's a decision that's being made. Um, the colours that I'm choosing, the composition that I'm deciding on, even firstly just figuring out what it is that I want to paint, where's that going to sit on the canvas? There's this... Um, constant flow of decision making all the time that goes into that and I'm playing when I'm painting right um when I'm having a conversation with someone to me that's play because I love this back and forth of banter I could probably do it with you all day to be quite honest Tyrone you're, you're I, I love the questions that you're asking me so um with the kids it was like well what do you want to you know what do you for, as I said but for Tiana it was like She'd just pick a topic, and then at the, then you go down. They go to the library. They'd go to have conversations with people. We'd find people who were experts in that field. They'd get mentored by them. They had um, uh, 
books that they would read. Um, you know, it's just kind of like how would an adult go and learn something? And that's how they would go and learn, right? And so, so you know, some of the work, um, some of the sciences and, um, you know, writing maybe was a little more structured, but both of my kids have got a, always had a huge passion for reading and writing. So that was just something that they did. As long as they were reading, then the writing just would flow from that. Um, and we also were part of a very big homeschool network. This homeschool network hosted a variety of activities that allowed for the children to apply their learned skills. So sometimes we had circus days or sometimes we'd go to a university and a, a chemistry professor would put on a day's workshop for our kids or we'd go. There's all of these resources that are available to us everywhere, even more so now because of the internet. But um, essentially it's just looking at what are the resources around you? What do your children need to be balanced? Socialisation, of course, is one of them. Let me just say that every school holidays, every time after school and on the weekends, we had kids at our house all the time from the, you know, kids in the street or the kids would be with a homeschool network. We'd do that one day a week. Then we'd have family camps three or four times a year. Like there was a whole lot going on all the time. Um, it's something that you have to think about, but then, you know, you can choose a very structured environment like school at home. Or you can choose um, a bit more of a natural learning kind of approach. Um, but it's always in the back of your mind thinking, well, if they do want to go back to school, or which uh, my son did, he did year 11 and 12, and then my daughter did year 10 for a couple of terms and then just found it very noisy and frustrating. So she um, she stopped. But um, my son went to university as a mature age student. Um, you know, Tiana self-employed. What do you want for your kids? You know, you and I could go to university now just based on, you know, if we pass an entry test, we could go to uni. So there's always different ways to do things, but you have to definitely co cultivate your lifestyle around it as a parent. Moving towards the property side of Dukovic's journey, let's hear about how she created the room exchange. We always had this thing about living within our means, you know, we'd We'd have a house where the rooms were occupied. We wouldn't have houses where rooms wouldn't because you'd be paying for them, right? Um, so, you know, our first house was a two-bedroom, single-fronted terrace in Richmond. And then our second house, we renovated, sold that, and we had one child at the time. And then I got pregnant, so I wanted, you know, a slightly bigger place with a yard. We bought a place in Newport in Melbourne, big corner block, three bedrooms and seven fruit trees. That was awesome, big backyard. Um, one of the rooms was used as an office. We had our room and then the kids shared a room until they were nine and 11. And then we thought, well, we, we need something a little bit bigger. So then we realised that, you know, um, the backyard was big enough we could probably subdivide. And so I did a bunch of research and my husband and I had this kind of interesting conversation around it. He said, well, how are we going to build a house? You know, because we were just young and starting out. We didn't have a lot of money. And I said, well, look, if I can figure out how to build a house with no money, can we do it? And he said, yeah, go for it. And I figured it out. So <laughs> I'd say yes and figure it out later, right? And so we built this, you know, gorgeous house, which we still own, and we rent that out and we rent where we live um, in Williams Landing. And, um, and so when we went from there and then we decided to rent after that, um, and that was a very specific decision because the house that we raised the kids in was feeling smaller as they were getting bigger, and um, my husband started working from home or wanted to start working from home as well, so we needed more space. So we rented that and then we rented our next place. And then when my son left home, and this is really interesting, so he was 22 when he um, first left home, 
And when I started seeing that spare bedroom in the house that we were renting empty, I started seeing it as a cost centre. And I don't think that we look at space in housing in that way. Now, there are options. You can do Airbnb, which we did for a year, and it was a heck of a lot of work for 50 bucks a night. And But I love the, the experience of having ra- random people coming into our house and um, experiencing the variety of people that came. And But I didn't like the four hours it took to get the entire house hotel ready, right? So, <laughs> so uh, it's a lot of work. But, you know, thanks to Airbnb, it was the beginning of something. From here, Dukovic continued to have guests in her spare room. My daughter had friends who was traveling. We were doing some renovations on our rental property. Uh, um, he needed somewhere to stay. And I said, look, why don't you help Harry do some painting and then you can live with us and we'll feed and house you. Just help him out on the weekend. So eight hours over the weekend and we'll feed and house you. And so that happened. And then over the course of the next few years, Tiana's random friends came and it just kept happening. And and it got to a point where I wasn't doing any, well, barely any housework. I'd just cook. They'd help us out two hours a day and we'd feed and house them. And, um, and, and then some of my friends started saying, well, you know, where can we find someone? And then again, when I heard that three times, it was like, there might be something here. And that's when we did the research. And then Harry said, I think this is a potential to be a global plat- platform. And I went, I think it does too. And he said, good, you're the tech person, you do it. And so <laughs> it's just like, and yeah, and that's kind of when it, when it started from there. The business had a focus on different ways to use spaces within your home. That room is costing you whether you're renting or whether you have a mortgage. If you were had a commercial property, you wouldn't have space that you didn't need because it would cost you money and it would affect your you know your profit. So why do we do that with our homes? And we just have tend to have gone through this phase over the last 10 years where let's just get all the space that we can and let's have the theatre room and the rumpus room and the you know, the triple garage or whatever else that we have, but there's only two people and maybe one baby on the way. And it's like, what? Yeah, it's crazy. And and so it's like, well, what if that room could be, you know, used in the early days, it was really about um, just using the room to get help at home. But then post-COVID, we tweak, we've tweaked our model and now we've realised that, you know, because it's the first time ever that there's been a rental crisis. In the 30 years I've been in property, this is the first time that we have a rental crisis. How in the heck did that happen? I don't know. But there are 13.5 million unused spare bedrooms in 10 million homes across Australia. That is existing housing stock, Tyrone. It's, it's, it's infrastructure. It's there. Now, they just so happen to be in homes where people live who don't typically see themselves as a flatmate, right? So it's not about flatmates. It's not about individuals coming together and renting a house together because, mind you, there's far, very few of them available at the moment. This is about people who live in a home. that Most of ours are homeowners. They bought the home. They've got all their stuff in the house. They're feeling a little insecure about, oh, yeah, I've never thought about renting it because I don't know who I'm going to get. So our platform, what we've done is we've provided all the security and the confidence for homeowners to go, well, every user has to have a digital ID by Australia Post and we've integrated that through an API in our technology. We cover the cost of that. You've got to provide a government ID, photo ID. It has to match the information on the profile. If it doesn't, they can't connect with anyone. Everybody has to do that. 
Profiles make it easy for compatibility. So you want to feel like for you, Tyrone, you you know, you want to feel whatever your personality and your partner's personality type is like, you want to feel like you can come home and still be that, right? That you don't feel like you have to change in the company of the other person who's there and vice versa. So our profiles make it easy to be matched based on personality, values and lifestyle. So you feel like you're coming home to a friend and that person then adds value to your life. It doesn't remove from it, Right. And then the third thing is that you can choose a traditional rental model. And mind you, a spare bedroom is worth 10, 10 to 12000 annually in rent or up to 300 hours of household help, which we call rent offset. So you can choose rent or rent offset or a mix of both. It's completely up to you. So to give you an example of how it might work, um, my daughter has just left home for the fifth time and um, now, you know, <laughs> bedroom, it's a master we have two master bedrooms in our house upstairs. We have one, obviously, and the other one was hers. And so it's a very, very large bedroom, fully furnished with an ensuite and a walk-in robe. And then there's a second living room upstairs as well. And so we're renting that for 250 a week. Now, whoever rents it, if they're happy to help me out two hours a week to sell a bunch of stuff on Facebook Marketplace, I'll knock off $50 a week rent. I'll rent offset, right? So think about it, you know, if they're happy to, and this is above what they would normally do to contribute as a housemate. So obviously everyone contributes to cooking and general cleaning around the house and things like that. But if on the Saturday, if my housemate and Harry and I are all doing, you know, two hours each of the big clean each week, we might say, well, look, if you're happy to do the whole six hours, take off the two hours you normally do. And that four hours will offset on the rent. You know, you can negotiate that. So if they're happy to do that, and they can save money, and we're happy because we get more time back. Cleaning is not the only way that housemates can offset their rent. You might need your kids dropped off to school in the morning or maybe picked up in the afternoon or perhaps you and your partner want to go out on a Saturday night, you don't have to then go and arrange a babysitter or maybe you're going on holidays, you don't have to arrange a house sitter because the person already knows your house and your pets and, you know, there are so many benefits to it. And the culture, the language, the food that they bring, the stories that, you know, I love my husband, but 30 years of marriage, your conversations can be kind of the same. So it's nice having a a third person there who wants to talk about something else, you know, without it having to be an arranged dinner party or something. You know, there's just, our kids have got stories of, you know, all these people that have come and lived and shared their life with us. And, you know, one of our taglines is um, sharing resources, sharing life one room at a time. What is the difference between this living arrangement, a traditional share house scenario, or even couch surfing? It's mid to long term, so this is not about short term stays. Although, you know, I'm happy to have someone just come for a month if they just need that, need it for a month. In fact, with all the things that are going on with um, the flooding at the moment, I'm just about to put a call out if anyone needs, you know, just um, emergency accommodation for, you know, a few weeks while they get their stuff sorted out, they can come and stay at my place like you know this or you know we've had the longest we had somebody here I think was two years we had with someone who lived with us for two years he was French Canadian he was amazing he just he, he just loved everything all being organized and tidied every single cupboard in my house was like everything was perfectly folded <laughs> my husband's garage I've never seen it like that since but he just went in and completely organized it but, but everybody brings something different and um I did an interview recently with uh, two of our housemates who are in their 50s. Uh, one uh, lost her husband about five years ago and so was raising her 10-year-old on her own and she was a, um, a 
epidemiologist at a hospital in Sydney, so she's working a lot. Um, this was just pre-COVID. And then uh, Cheryl Ann was starting a dance school in the eastern suburbs and so she just needed somewhere that where she could, you know, it was ideal because she could save some money and still get to work and still help out with um, with the child and everything worked out really well. And then they were together through COVID, which was amazing. But one of the things that the um, Angela said, who was the uh, owner of the house, she said, you know, she just says to, to housemate, what is it that you like to do? What are you good at doing that you enjoy doing? I'd much rather you do that and then I can hire a cleaner or I can hire somebody else to do something else. But what do you enjoy doing? And, and Cheryl Ann enjoyed spending time with her son and enjoyed, you know, the time in the garden and things like that. So that's the stuff that she focused on. Um, and that's what we recommend. It's like what natural skills do you have? as a person. So if I was a housemate, I'm an artist. So it's like, well, you know, I could give you some art classes if you like. It sounds like this type of living situation would work best with somebody who you're compatible with. But how does Dukovic ensure that the housemates are compatible? Yeah, well, we've been told that the profiles pretty much give them a 75% confidence that that would be a good match. So first, they've got the, um, the fact that they've got a digital ID, so they know that they've been checked. And then they read the profile. And then we've got an inbuilt messaging system, which is private. So even at that point, so you can send a, a connect request with someone and then that person will look at your profile. If they think they'd like to talk to you, then they'll accept it and they'll start messaging with you. Um, so even at that point, they still don't have any private details about you. They don't have your surname, they don't have email address, phone number, nothing. Um, and you can even use a preferred first name on your profile if you like. Um and that's on the public profile. And then from there, it's like, well, you go and meet in a coffee shop or you know, have a phone call or do FaceTime, whatever it is that you feel confident with, and then go from there. Um, the other thing is, is that we've had a bunch of people who kept asking us if um, we could help them find someone. And so we've recently launched a, um, a matching service as well. So um, we have a bunch of households who, um, who, who are now paying us to go through that whole process. And sometimes there might not be someone on the platform that really suits them. So we'll recruit them. We, we have ways of actually, we have ways of finding you. We have ways of finding people that are ideal um, for these households. And then it's based on a no match, no fee. So if we don't find them a match, they don't pay. And if we do, then um, they pay. So it works out roughly the equivalent of two weeks rent, which is uh, we charge 499 for that matching service. And we do three-way video interviews and um, we you know, give, give them the opportunity. I know when it works because I can't get a word in after five minutes. Like it's just, they go at it. Yeah, they just go at it, yeah. And then we have another um, service that we, we're about to launch, um, which is a house share agreement service. So if once they've agreed that they're going to move in, then we'll do another three-way video call where we, and they'll print out the uh, our template. Um, and then um, our, uh, we call them matches. Our matches will then ask them questions and the difficult questions that they might not be comfortable asking each other at that point. So things like, you know, do you have, what are the rules around having special friends over? Or what if I want to go away for a couple of weeks? What happens then? Or, you know, if um, either of us decides the relationship needs to terminate, how much notice do we need to give to each other? Um, you know, what are the rules of the household? What are, you know, things like that, that, will go through and they'll write that down and they'll also get a recording of the, the video that we do and that's an additional service that we um, that we charge to to do that for them if that's what they want. And we seem to get that a lot with, um, uh, with our elderly um, households, people that are elderly 
um, that are living on their own. We encourage, you know, their carers or their family members to get involved. But, you know, just people who haven't house shared before and they don't sort of feel confident in that process of going through it themselves, they can, yeah, they can hire us to do that. And then they're not missing out on anything because the rent will, you know, cover the, the cost of it once they start renting. So um, there's that as well. But, you know, we've really done as much as we can uh, through the use of technology and then you know I remember back in the day back in the day when you go to the pub and you're looking for a housemate and you, you saw an, a, an A4 poster with tear off phone numbers at the bottom you might be old enough to remember that yeah uh, yeah oh, okay and so you tear it off and you go to the phone booth and you call them up and hey I'm just down at the pub oh okay I'll meet you down there and you have a beer and you sound all right you can move in tomorrow Right, there's no driver's license or no ID checks or anything like that. You just use your gut instinct, right? Um, but yeah, so you know, but I guess because of the there's so much media and social media and fear that gets instilled in people, everyone thinks that there's a murderer in every street that you live. Where you know, I've never met one. I, I don't know anyone who has been harmed in that way. Let's take a look at the benefits as a homeowner of renting out a spare room. I guess it just depends on what kind of, um, what's the purpose for the property that you're purchasing. So if you're purchasing the property purely to rent the property out as a whole property, then, um, you know, we could, we're not a real estate agent, so we don't do that kind of leasing process. So just to be really clear what we're not, um, obviously then go to an agent and get it rented in that way. If you're moving into the house, you bought, you're buying a property and you know that it's got one or two spare bedrooms, then you can consider, okay, well, I can get a housemate in. Um, you also need to make sure that you talk to your accountant because it is additional income that you're earning um, on your home. So make sure that you're aware of um, those aspects of it. But then again, when you think about the amount of money that or, and all help that you can get in terms of what the impact might be at the end result when you sell the place, I, I, you're way ahead um, in the in you know, in the, in the short term there. So um, just have a, a think about that as well. Um, we have a lot of, a lot of, actually just in the last month, three different um, property investors who are building co-living houses who are approaching us to find compatible housemates um, that they can actually put into to these co-living houses. So that's another way that you can look at it. Um, one of them in particular in Brisbane, he's um, building a five-bedroom place and he wants to have one of the rooms as a rent offset for someone to manage the household, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, so, yes, almost in a way, yeah, yeah. So they get to live there for free depending on the amount of time that they want to contribute to it and then, you know, they keep the driveways clear, take the rubbish out, keep the main living areas clear and then they have an opportunity to um, also get some additional work um, if they want to check in and check out um, people that come as well. So there's a number of different ways that um, you could use our service. Like there's um, one of the things that we're doing, as I said, is approaching government to, um, you know, particularly in coastal towns where they're having a huge problem with um, finding accommodation for hospitality and service workers because a lot of um, the properties in those towns are actually uh, listed as short-term holiday um, platforms. Is It's really reducing the amount of uh, rentals. So if anyone's a property investment thinking about it in that way, you know, maybe there's something that we could talk about there. Um, but there's just, you know, we're, we have to start looking at different ways of building and different ways of living because 
the cost to buy a house is ridiculous unless we actually give our kids, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars to purchase their own home. There's no way that they'd be able to afford a mortgage in their life. You know, work has changed so much. The full-time job really is now broken down into a bunch of gigs or, you know, part-time jobs. And, and you know, there are some financial institutions who are kind of understanding that, but the traditional banks generally don't. Um more people are becoming self-employed. There's a whole lot of big changes that are happening across the board. And we've got to look at, you know, different ways of making um, housing accessible and affordable. But at the same token, how can we also help to reduce the stress of households who are experiencing massive interest rate hikes right now? You know, like being able to rent your room out would relieve that problem immediately, you know. So, you know, it's, and then right now we also have a worker shortage in Australia, um, because it's post-COVID and people are finding it virtually impossible to get cleaners or part-time childcare, gardeners, things like that. So there's a lot of benefits across the board. Um, you know, you can do, we recommend that people do a trial for a, like a long weekend, you know, have the person come and stay before they forfeit their previous accommodation, you know, if you need that to finalise it off. But generally if, if people, yeah, if people just come down to basic common sense, they can figure it out, you know. You figure out how to employ someone. You take on a risk when you say yes to hiring someone. You there's responsibilities with that, right? You know, we're making decisions all the time about people. It's no different. The only difference is people say, "Yeah, but it's my home, it's my privacy." Well, what is it that you're needing to be private about? Is it that they, you know, perhaps you can actually your life can become more fulfilling and more open and more joyous as opposed to you feeling like you're losing something. Coming up after the break, Dukovic will delve into the mentors that she's had along her journey. I could not have done what I've done without my advisors. She will share what advice she would give to her previous self. I don't think I'd be wanting to be experiencing life any differently to how I am. She will reveal if she thinks luck had any part of her success. I think that you just constantly have to be making choices and pivot all the time. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals? Or what the best strategy is to build a wealth-generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no obligation free 45-minute strategy call. Tukovic has already told us her stories of meeting numerous stars. Now, let's hear about the mentors that helped her along her journey. I could not have done what I've done without my advisors. And, um, you know, some of them are still with me from the get-go and, um, you know, some have come and gone um, because sometimes, you know, people are in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Um, and I 
I'm just so incredibly grateful because when I was saying earlier on in our conversation that, um, you know, I have a vision and it's like I decide I want to do it and then I figure out how to do it, um, making the decisions about how to do it need to be bounced around. Like they, you know, if I've not done it before, then I need to have the right conversations with the right people. And my advisors are great. Like my CEO, Stav, it's his, it's his nickname. Um, he has, he's got a legal and a finance mind. And so like he'll often say to me, um, you know, if I'm upset about something and I have to send an email or I'm having a challenge with someone, he'll say, write the email to me first so you feel like you've said it and then I'll edit it and send it back to you then you can send it right so you know little things like that that are just really great that help to protect me and um and also help guide and teach me along the way um on how to better manage you know difficult conversations or or challenging times but I I just I, I really could not be where I am without them um you know and then and then there's just people that pop into my world who are just people who are kind enough just to share kindness at that time. And that could be wisdom. It could be something that they do for me. It could be volunteering something like right now I have a group of women who are in their fifties who are just helping to introduce a room exchange around to all their different networks because they believe it's just such a great thing. And it's like, I'm so humbled by that, you know, like it's, it's just amazing. Um, you know, the things that people will do. And then there's the, the team that work with me on the, you know, the day-to-day tasks and then, you know, my leadership team and then my advisors. It's just like it takes a, t- it takes a circle. That's what I call it. And I explain it in this way where, you know, just imagine a flat circle. So I'm in the middle of the circle and then everybody is around me. You know, I'm not above them. It's not a hierarchical structure in that way. Um, some of them are closer to me because of the leadership, Um, some of them a little further away, but we all have to work together for that circle to work. And in my mind, we're all as important as each other. We have very, some of us have greater responsibilities, but that circle can't work unless we're all um, integrated together. And that requires care, requires understanding, empathy, empathy. you know, right now my CTO's partner is about to have a baby at any moment and then my lead developer, his brother's just been in an accident, you know. So it's like you've got to – that's very difficult to manage as a CEO, but you have empathy and care for that. Those people have to come first beyond before my needs right now, right? So – but because we care for each other, um, the first thing we ask when we're – you know, connecting is like, how's a family? How's a partner? How, how are your kids? You know, what's going on? And and it's just lovely that that's a culture that we've created. So um, I know it's kind of long-winded answer to your question in terms of mentors, but the mentors come in, you know, my husband being my solid partner in this and, you know, it's cost him, you know. it's it's cost. It's been stressful. It's cost us a lot of money. It's cost us a lot of time. We're in our fifties, you know. It's it's not something that we planned on doing right now, but we didn't see it to be as big as what it was when we first started. So, you know, there's just there's so so many people that I I mean I, can't, I like it's a question I can't even think to answer uh, right now, other than my key advisors and my leadership team and just the people who work with me. I love them, you know. I really do. I care for them. Yeah. 
Dukovic shares what she would tell herself 10 years ago before her journey of developing the room exchange. I don't think I'd be wanting to be experiencing life any differently to how I am. My, um, if it wasn't the room exchange, it would be something else that was big. I, I don't, I don't like doing small things. Uh, perhaps maybe not the level of stress and impact that COVID's had on it and all those things, but regardless of anything that I would, every, anything would have been affected. Um, I proud of where my kids are, my, um, relationship with my husband, you know, 30 years of marriage is not an easy achievement. It's, you know, it's not, it's, it's not easy. You know, that's, we were kids when we met pretty much. Um, you know, that the, the fact that I'm healthy and I'm alive, um, is something I'm always grateful for. And, you know, one, one of the greatest lessons I learned back then at that time, because I kept getting asked a lot by, you know, a lot of woo-woo people, what did you learn about yourself? What did you, you know, how are you going to live life differently? And it's like, well, you know, shit can happen anytime. That I'm certain of. It's not the shit that happens to you that determines who you are. It's how you deal with it. And it was, you know, giving myself permission to rest when I needed to rest, figuring out ways to still keep my mind active when I needed to, um, making sure that the people around me were feeling okay because it puts a lot of pressure on everyone else when you're sick. Um, I wouldn't change anything. I would not tell myself to do anything different, Tyrone. I'm, I, I'm 56 and I am feel really blessed and fortunate and just keep staying strong, Ludwina, you know, keep working through and you push through, eventually you'll get to the other side. And I think success is something that you earn. You have to go through the hard times to have the right to get on the other side because you know what it's like when people win the lotto, they waste it because they haven't had to work for it, you know. And and my, my major goal here is to create accessible and affordable housing. I think it should be a right for every human being. I think if we do it smart, we can reduce a whole lot of social issues that should not be happening and we'll have a much more happy and harmonious country and world. So I guess maybe last question for you is how much of your success that you've achieved right now is due to skill, intelligence and hard work and how much of it do you think has been due to luck? No, I don't think there's any luck. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, persistence, resilience, uh, definitely hard work. Um, you know, I did some skills I have now that I didn't have when we started. Um, I, uh, I think that you just constantly have to be making choices and pivot all the time. You've got to be self-awareness is the biggest thing, I think, the biggest thing that I I have continually, I journal a lot and that just gives me this level of awareness around how I'm feeling and what's going on and what's really true and what's false feelings, you know, things like that. Um, but, you know, sometimes I started five years ago with the room exchange and sometimes I think, gosh, was I too early? But then I thought recently, no, actually, I came at the right time because those first couple of years where I made the mistakes that I made and then we had COVID, well, not just the mistakes I made but also the the learnings and the insights that I got and then COVID came and then we had the time to pivot and rebuild and fix some of the technical debt that was there and um, and then make some assumptions about 
what's happening after. And then now that we've come after, it's like what we now have formed into is what the market needs right now. But we wouldn't have, if I had started today with where we started five years ago, it wouldn't have been the right model for now. You know, so it's cost a lot, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money, a lot, of, you know, a lot. Um, but we are in such a strong place. And I think that, you know, for me as a founder and CEO five years on and here as dedicated and committed as ever is comes from my resilience and my commitment to this And I, because I really truly believe in it. And, you know, the market is telling us that, government's telling us that, um, you know, we can solve the government's problem, a lot of government's problems around housing right now, you know. All they have to do is partner with us, use this as a software as a service model, we solve the housing problem, you know. Um, there's a lot of a lot of solutions here, a lot of loneliness that's happening, um, a lot of elderly people ageing at home, a lot of women over 50 who post-divorce don't have enough money to buy a house, um, may not get a rental property but they can rent with somebody else. It's the same age as them. They can match up with someone who's like them. Families who need support who don't have, fam- you know, their parents nearby. There's a whole lot of things that are happening in, you know, behind the, our front doors that this can help with. And and I think stronger communities just make better, better communities. Thank you to Ludwina Dukovic, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyers agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 